I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. I run hip hop by the numbers on Twitter. I use hip hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. And I am director of the Fifth Element, where I highlight the Fifth Element hip hop, which is knowledge. Freeze! Somebody give me some digits, please! That's a banger. That is a banger. That is a banger. A very good Swiss Beats banger. Uh, Swiss, I must say. I must, I must say. Oh, has to be said. Um, that is a slap, that song. That is an absolute slap. Absolute banger. Absolute banger. All right. Well, I'm going to London uh, tomorrow and I have to get up early. So let's get on with the ting. Uh, hi, Ben. How's your week, Ben? What have you been listening to this week? Uh, this week... This week, man, we got it. We got the sister album that we're all waiting for. Taylor Swift dropped Evermore. Fuck yes, man. And you know what? I'm not even being sarcastic because I loved Folklore and I fucking love this album. And I feel so vindicated in my rant after whatever that 2019 album was. Certified Lover Girl or Lover or whatever it was. Because I was 99% sure that she had a full project of like really beautiful, affecting songs within her songwriting ability. And I was really wrong about that because now she has two. And man, this follow-up to Folklore is just so delicate. It's emotional. She just has this weird, innate knack to find emotion in the mundane, which I think is a very... It's a very powerful quality for any kind of artistic person to have where you're showing me something that is very simple that is very everyday but somehow you're seeing something way more beautiful and way more deep in it and then i don't know it's it's almost like the meaning of life it's like you could be waiting for a bus and that's beautiful when taylor swift writes it i don't know how she does it it's really amazing and i think it's both her lyrical ability and her singing i think they go hand in hand the whole album just doesn't stop at any point. It's really slow. It's mournful. It just it just continues on. Champagne Problems is actually a high. It sounds like a Regina Spector song from like the mid two thousands, uh, but the lyrics are so brutal at times. And great project, man. Great project. Shout out Taylor Swift. You really like ah. Uh, this is this is a pop star, not aging gracefully, but like. What's the right way to put it? I don't know. Just fully coming of age. Just really showing their ability and being like, you know what? Fuck charts. Fuck pop singles. Fuck all this shit, man. I can write music and I'm going to write whatever I want and I'm going to sing it. It's great. It's just genuinely great. Um, I actually had that above Man on the Moon 3 by Kid Cudi, which I also think is great. I saw a few people saying that they were surprised with the quality of this or that they didn't expect much. I don't really understand how anyone can say that because if you've listened to Cuddy's album discography, I don't know how you could doubt him because really the only misstep to me was Speeding Bullet to Heaven and that was only because it was long. If you cut that down to like 45 minutes, get rid of the skits, it would be great. But this album, Man on the Moon 3, is fucking divine, man. I was a bit personally concerned and I'm going to say something here that's probably way out of pocket, 
but I was a bit worried because I want Cuddy to be healthy and happy and I've done the analysis on his mental health and his journey and you know his journey from darkness to light has been beautiful it's been great to watch but I was a bit worried that he was going to be so far advanced in his recovery that his music wouldn't resonate with me anymore which is very selfish but at the same time you know I wasn't going to share that if if that was the case but it turned out to be baseless in the end because we have, you know, we have track titles like Tequila Shots, Damage, Sad People, The Void, like really tough song titles. Uh, and it's matched by poetry that lives in the darkness, which Cuddy is always so brave to go and collect for us. He goes and has these experiences and brings them back to us. And I love this album because I thought we were going to get 20 Reborns. I thought we were going to get these like upward facing, happy, Chance the Rapper Disney rap. Because Cuddy was like moving out of his mental woes. I thought we were going to get a flat arc. I thought we were going to get a flat arc like we did with Chance the Rapper. Instead, what we got was a much more rational and centered person who acknowledged that his demons and his issues were still there. And he was still plagued by them. But he's living a life as fulfilled as possible. And as he said on Reborn, peace is something that starts with me. And on this album, I think he's found a difference between the kind of peace that you may think that maybe movies present you with, like a, a calmness or, a, you know, there's nothing going, you know, there's no, no bad happening. I found happiness. I'm Everything is fine within my life. Everything is comfortable. But Cuddy's peace is the warmth in knowing that he can and will survive very harsh mental conditions and still stay true to himself and i think that's the brilliance of this album because he he actually not only did he do that personally but then he manifested it musically so i can't really praise this one much higher it was a great project i'm going to do so much analysis on it but it is quite intense so it'll take a while uh 38 special 1995 <sighs> man no one is rapping like 38 Special right now. He goes over the top of all these crazy instrumentals, like legendary instrumentals, and he just eviscerates all of them. Like, you know, I know it's like a it's a played out trope of a young artist or a young spitter being like, I'm going to grab these iconic instrumentals and then I'm going to show you that I can do them justice. 38 Special, like, he's not young anymore. And he hasn't been rapping a lot this year, to be 100% honest. He's put out a lot of projects, but it's mainly been production. This is like, each song's like 90 seconds on here. He's just, I don't know, he's just going off, just spitting bars. It was really, really good quality. Uh, Baldy James, real bad Baldy. Same thing, man, just just high quality stuff. Like this this whole uh, Griselda kind of re- re- renaissance, reinvigoration of that 90s era, like early 90s kind of music is just... I'm loving it, man. It's, it's amazing. And this project, again, from Baldy Jane's standard, really good quality. I got into Verb T, Land of the Foggy Skies. I really enjoyed that. I actually did not... I'd heard of Verb T before, but I hadn't ever chapped into his music. But this is really good, man. It's good, a good amount of storytelling music, deep stories, uh, very affecting at times. And he's a good lyricist, like a really good lyricist. The beats weren't as glossy as I was anticipating, I don't know where I got that from. I don't know why I thought that that was going to be the case. But it's pretty, you know, it's not drill. Uh, I guess it's grimy kind of thing. But yeah, man, great, great it's project. UK hip-hop, isn't it? Yeah, it's UK, yeah. Um, yeah great, yeah, man. Yeah. Okay. Have you heard, have you listened to Verte before? Yeah, I listened to um, him and Pitch92 did a um, project, I think, last year. 
Um, I forget if he's a member of the Four, four Hours. Um, so if you want to listen to Four Hours, they dropped a. Uh, I think they dropped this year. Um, it's worth a listen. So I think Verb T and and Pitch Ninety Two. I think are both in the same. I think they're both in either both in Four Hours or they or one of them is in Four Hours. I forget which, but. Uh, yeah, um, if you like that kind of stuff, I think Four Hours is a good shout. And anything High Focus, like High Focus Records, shout to them because they do great UK hip hop always. Okay, tap in, man. And this project is good. I like this project a lot. I would recommend people listen to it. Finally, we get to the Avalanches. We will always love you. Now, I was disappointed in this album because I think their first album came out early 2000s, late 90s, since I left you. And. The Avalanches were pioneers of the Plunderphonics, where it was basically just samples. They would just pull a bunch of samples together, kind of the girl talk, like we we spoke about them in the mashup episode, and they would create these insane songs and insane listening experiences just from samples, where girl talk is just hitting you with crazy shit from everywhere, right? So they're hitting you with a Lil Wayne verse over the top of a, I don't know, Neutral Milk Hotel song. Like, it's crazy shit. Whereas the Avalanches is a lot more nuanced and a lot more, we're going to cobble together all this stuff and we're going to create what sounds like original music rather than it's pretty clearly we're mashing up everything. So they dropped Wildflower in, I don't know, two, two years ago, three years ago. I can't remember exactly when. That was their second project and that was a beautiful piece of music. It was a really... I don't know, I listened to it a few times driving up and down the New South Wales coast in summer and it was absolutely glorious. It was like a spring day on a record. This album, I felt like they're really starting to lose that special quality that they have. I still think their gift for melody is just uncanny. They find melody in the wildest places and it's really beautiful and it's really intricate at times. It's very nuanced. Uh, They'll turn like a couple of samples into like this, I don't know, 3am rave music, but then they'll slowly deconstruct it. So those moments are still here, but they have these samples of like these vocal samples with people saying stuff and like, you know, soliloquies and uh, monologues and stuff. And I'm like, what's the point of this being here? Like, are you trying to say something or if you just think this sounds cool? And a lot of the time, what these people are saying in these samples is actually pretty intense. What was the one that was, there was one on there and they were talking about something to do with aliens. And I was like, okay, this is pretty cool what they're saying. But like, I want to, I want you to realize this within the music or is this within a concept or like, what is the point of this? So I think Avalanches used to be able to do that very, very well. And I think they really missed it on this project. I think the transitions were a bit, you know, low key and... Yeah, I was a bit disappointed in this project, man, but it's still great music. It's just that their previous two albums are classics and they're like close to 10s. Their first album is definitely a 10. Second album, very close to a 10. So it was a little bit disappointing. But shout out to Connor because uh, Connor from Central Source, he actually interviewed them, which is epic. So I'm going to go check that out because I'm really interested to see what they had to say. And he's actually a great interviewer. He always asks really good questions. So I'm going to check that out. Maybe it'll give me a different perspective on the album. But um, yeah, that's what I got into. What about yourself, Charlie? Okay, right. Um, well, I kind of actively um since I since I knew I wouldn't have time for you know everything this week, <clears throat> I I kind of just um actively look for stuff that I'm sure you probably didn't listen to or maybe did but didn't feel like talking about because I know you eat anything and everything. Um, true. Okay. Uh, P rock, P instrumentals, free. Mm. Um. 
Now I have to get it off my chest. All right, my guy, you d- one one, you deserved to be ratioed to high fucking heaven for that bullshit anti-vax tweet. If you guys don't know, go look it up. It's it's very easy to look up. Um, you deserved to uh, to have gotten ratioed to hell, and uh, two, uh, it's kind of it kind of gave me a a a, a interesting um quota a quote on life. Uh, where it's just like, you know, you know how people say like, you know, as you get older, you know, wi- you gain wisdom kind of thing. I feel like wisdom isn't the thing that you gain with age. <laughs> like, I feel like there's 18 year olds with wisdom. You know what I mean? I, I, I feel like wisdom is something you can gain with age, but you, but not everyone gains it. But you, what you're guaranteed to gain when you get older? Stubbornness. And uh. that's how I feel with P-Rock. It's stubborn as shit. Um, but with all that said... The album's cool. Um, it's uh, it's it's no uh, no samples. It's all live instrumentation. Um, it's 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 a real nice listen. Uh, definitely sign it for the background. I was like jamming, making some tea to it. Uh, real nice tune. Uh, real nice tunes on that one. Terrace Martin, Village Days, oh. back with another one. Back on my foot, his foot on my neck. Um, this one's kind of like an interesting mix of everything he's done this year. Um, so you have, uh, in the, in, in like, in between every, I think it's every track, uh, you have Wyan Vaughan coming through with some nice, uh, spoken word poetry, talking about village days, and it's kind of like a, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a Christmas element to it, um, there's a, and a, 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 a religious element to it. Um, you have Kent Jams and Nick Grant on one track, you have a Grey Area, which I assume is his jazz group, uh, doing the voice of King Nipsey, it's very, um, erratic and very energetic. Uh, Alex Isley's on a couple tracks, um, including the last track, which is literally a Christmas song. It's called The Christmas Song, which is um, uh, interesting. Uh, him, him and the Poly Seeds come through with one called Never Saw It Come In, and also Dinner Party comes through with uh, Village Days uh, in, right in the middle of the, al- uh, of the EP. So yeah, it's like a little bit of everything when it comes to Terrace Martin. Like, you get the, you get the West Coast jams with Neighbourhood, you get the full-on, like... Uh, erratic jazz, uh, uh, voice of King Nipsey. Uh, you get the dinner party stuff that obviously came through this past year. Poly Seeds uh, that he uh, a, st- a little group that he started uh, a few years ago. One of my favorite albums, um, and also just some cool stuff with Wayne Vaughan and uh, Alex Isley uh, in 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 between all of that. So uh, yeah, real solid DP. Uh, real nice listen. Uh, Kamaya, no explanations. Um, this is uh, obviously our third project this year, and uh, you know she's done it all independently, which I can highly um, appreciate. Uh, I think that her first out of the three, uh, what's it, what's it called? Let me, let me uh, got it made. I think that was probably her best out of all three this year. Um, I'm not, I don't, I don't know what it was about no explanations. Uh, I feel like. Um, there was it was like a couple of things where I was just like, okay, that sounds like this person, that sounds like that person. Um, I think it was what Mama said, or yeah, I think it was what Mama said one of the, one of the tracks. It was like literally like a homage to uh, uh, to Megan The Stallion. I forgot which I forgot which track already. Fuck. Uh, but basically, it literally was just like Megan The Stallion kind of like uh, thing going on. Um, but yeah, past that, it's okay. So this Kamaya, if you if you've heard Kamaya, you know, you know a vibe. Obviously, a West Coast-ish vibes, but this was actually very Southern, uh, yeah, very like New Orleans um, bounce. I thought there was going to be a lot more of that. Like, yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know. I felt like it was a little it bit was, anonymous. It was less Oaklandy. Yeah, it was. It was less Oakland bounce and more New Orleans bounce. Which, yeah. Um, I kind. Yeah. I guess that's kind of what threw me off personally. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, it, there's some there's some cool tracks in here and there. But I feel like the overall, uh, I feel like the overall vibe was just a bit, a uh, little bit, little bit off for me personally. Uh, uh, Jammer, the legend that is Jammer, Natural Selection, um, coming through with some nice grimy, nice classic grime. Can't go wrong with some nice grime. Uh, yeah, this is heat. This is heat. Some good features on here. Got DWE and Wiley on one track. Got SBK on one track. Uh, Jamie on one track. It's real nice. Uh, and there's some other features as well. But uh, yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like Jam has just come through with some real uh, similar to how uh, Jamie did Grime MC uh, earlier in the year. Like these guys, obviously BBK. Like they just they just. They're just sticking to their lane, and I highly appreciate that kind of thing because, like, you know, they could easily just you know jump on any modern rap beat and just like <laughs> and just go off. Of course they can, but they don't, and I kind of appreciate that kind of thing. Just sticking to their, um, sticking to not just what they know, but what they're really freaking good at, and they are really freaking good at. It. Um, so uh, yeah, shout to Jammer, real real boss, uh, real boss lyrics, um, and real boss uh, grimy vibes. And uh, lastly, Shiv. Uh, she's spelt Shiv, S H I V. Me to me. Uh, this is kind of just a EP that I just re-clocked today. Uh, I was just looking on what uh, dropped this year, uh, uh, new releases on Spotify. I was like, oh, that looks that looks decent. What's that? What's going on over there? Looks at her profile, and I was like, I saw some like you know lo-fi R&B. Like they it just you know all all the uh, all the genres just came through, and I was just like, yeah, yeah, go for, let's go for that. Let's go for that. Um, yeah, it's real. It's real good. I like it. So, um, it's real nice. Um, uh, R and B, f- f- like firmly R and B, modern R and B. Um, you got that singer songwriting vibe going on, um, and uh, yeah. You, but you also have some like you know just a little bit of tinge of that of that hip hopisms. You know what I mean? Just some, some hip hop hip hop beats is a little sprinkled in. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a real nice balance. I actually really like it. It's a real nice, uh, real nice calm listen. Uh, less just less than twenty minutes, six songs. You know what I mean? Just a little EP. Um, yeah. So if you if you haven't. Uh, Got acclimated to Shiv uh, in the same way as uh, I have uh, literally <laughs> a couple hours ago. Go for it. And I just realised there's an AJ Tracy EP that I might peep later. Who knows? But anyway, we shall continue with our final. Quote final. Uh, Jay-Z retrospective. And we're going through uh, from Kingdom Come to now. Obviously 444, technically. Um, and, and maybe, maybe we'll talk about entrepreneur. Maybe I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm not, not, oh, what do you mean? <laughs> I thought that we were going to close on that. That's going to be the fi- the finale of the. Uh, that's <laughs> and the- lastly, the the masterpiece is entrepreneur. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we've been camped out in a in, in a Ben's research house for the past uh, in the past uh, uh, f- few few weeks. We are fully quarantined. Uh, we are allowed to go out now um, and buy essentials if we want to. Um, it's been past fourteen days. Well, now ten days here in the UK, anyway. But I don't know about you guys uh, in the we Australia. Got, but uh, we got fourteen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we are. We are. Yeah, fourteen. So we're past the quarantine date, and we're, fi- we're finally allowed to blast Jay Z in, in the in the whip. Uh, so, uh, so what have you got for us in uh, in in this uh, in this little stretch that we have? For Charlie's finally got like enough stamps in his passport to fuck with Young Ho, international. Ah. Uh. <laughs> The maturation of Jay Z. 
Oh no, there's some cringe coming up, man. So anyway, we uh, I am so looking forward to this episode. We pick up our our story after the uh, shocking retirement of Jay Z, which is now one of the worst retirements in the history of retirements. Uh, I want to follow the music rather than getting caught up in the death of Rockefeller because the music will circle back to the business when we speak on Kingdom Come. And I don't think it reflects brilliantly upon that time period because I think there's a powerful motivator for why Kingdom Come is not that great and I don't think it's spoken about very often. But between the Black Album and Kingdom Come, which is a gap of just three years, so last time we had that gap of three years and it was just the end of Jay-Z's career. This time it's like he was claimed that he was retired but he still released two musical projects in that three years uh unfinished business with r kelly and collision course with lincoln park which was a six song mashup ep uh and it didn't include new music but it did require jay-z to re-record his verses and perform it live with uh lincoln park for that dvd he also delivered multiple guest spots in this period like dear summer and go crazy this is not a retired man, okay? This is go crazy. It's one of the most iconic guest verses ever. That's not they're legendary anthems. Those songs, Dear Summer, is insane. This is not a it's not a retired rapper. So it was wholly apparent that retirement was not going to happen. Uh, three years and seven days after the Black Album, we get Kingdom Come, which goes number one and it sells 680k first week. Now this is important to remember. Those numbers, those are big numbers. Jay-Z was head of Def Jam at the time, and there are two narratives around the decision to drop this album. I'll present both. First is the mainstream PC one. Uh, Jay-Z just wanted to record music again. He said that he caught the music bug by his own words. He actually said that the video for 99 Problems pointed to the motivation of this album. So the death of Jay-Z and the birth of Sean Carter. And he actually toyed with the idea of dropping the album under the name Sean Carter. Uh, but obviously he didn't. He went with Jay-Z, which is surprising. He did that with, obviously, 444, which is, you know, the first real Sean Carter album. So, uh, yeah, I think I think doing it at Kingdom Come would have been way too early. Uh, Jay-Z said that he felt like his time away plus his time as Def Jam president had given him a new, more mature perspective on hip-hop. And he felt it necessary to expound upon that. So when he left the game, he said that the re- one of the reasons why he left the game was that hip-hop wasn't exciting him anymore because he felt unchallenged. He told XXL around this time that he references Jordan so much because he sees similarities, especially with Jordan's disappointment that he couldn't fully realize his rivalries with Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. And I think in 06... What he was pointing to was that he was still comparing himself to Biggie and Tupac only. And I think him coming back was to really show that he was still at the pinnacle. And, you know, the messaging on Show Me What You Got is very in line with this. That's the mainstream definition. That's the mainstream reason for this album. The other side of it is well story, but not often spoken of. So Def Jam desperately needed him to drop and he actually managed to pick up feuds with both DMX and LL Cool J based off this album because Jay-Z inherited what he called a waning company. He said in, I think it was in Decoded or it was something else he wrote, I don't know. But um, he said there were people in there whose only claim to fame, 
and the only thing they'd done in their whole career was they'd signed bands like Motley Crue in the 80s and then they hadn't done anything for 20 years and they were basically living off that legacy. And Jay-Z said that he wanted to reinvent it. Now, Young Guru said that the Def Jam CEO, L.A. Reid, forced Jay-Z into rushing the recording of the album because of how poorly Def Jam was doing in 2005. Remember that Kingdom Come came out in 06. In 2005, they had just eight top 10 albums from 16 and a solitary number one album, which was Kanye West's late registration. That is very, very low for Def Jam around this time. Like they'd had two years prior where they'd had, I think they had 12 and 13 top 10 albums and many number one albums in that. So 05 was a real low point. Jay-Z was on tour in Africa doing the Water for Life tour uh, and L.A. Reid was pressuring him. And Jay-Z, sorry, Young Guru said that Jay-Z's voice was a mess and the whole album was pretty much slapped together really haphazardly. I hate the beats on here, man. I'll get into the music now. That's just the background to it. I don't like the beats on this album. Dr. Dre produced four beats and I don't like any of them. I don't like Lost One. I don't like Dirty Something. I don't like Trouble. I don't like Minority Report. I don't like those beats. Jay said that Dr. Dre called him from Hawaii and sent him 25 beats for no reason. And it was originally meant to be Dr. Dre and Jay-Z only, but then Jay said that Dr. Dre sent him those beats and then just dipped and didn't reappear. So it didn't end up being like that. And I think this album really shows the sketchiness we saw on Blueprint 2 when Jay-Z was just scrambling for filler because there is so much filler here, man. I made it, anything, Hollywood, Trouble, Do You Want to Ride? These are all easily cut. I would cut 30-something too because the lyrics are just like, in hindsight, they're so cringe, man. Like, they're so cringe. 30s and you 20, I'm so hot still, ah. Better car, better automobile. Ah, like, Jay, come on, man. Like, what the hell? But, you know, I still do think that Kingdom Come gets overhated a lot because there are legendary moments on here. The first four tracks, I think, or five tracks up to Lost One. Lost One is still a great song, even if I don't like the beat. It's it's a really good Jay-Z song. Uh, Show Me What You Got is so amazing. It's a great song. Oh My God is a fucking banger. Minority Report is a really good song, even if I don't like the beat. I think the messaging was great. I think it was very deep. I think it was very mature and self-aware, that song. And Beach Chair is very underrated. Like, that is some of Jay-Z's best lyricism in his entire career. So I feel like, yes, this album is unfairly hated, but I can totally understand why people... Anything is... Dear, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. What is anything? Like, what did you try and do there? Was that meant to be a single? What What were you attempting to do there? It was like, very bad song, especially considering his rhetoric around the album was, this is a more mature perspective on hip-hop. No, man, come on now. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I know Charlie's going to savage this album, but yeah, I, there's some good stuff on here, but yeah, the middle, the middle is just low tier. <laughs> Hater, hat, hat, hater, hater. Oh, I hope you guys can hear the smile I have on my face right now. This is this is an amazing experience. <laughs> this is such an amazing experience. So I I, I told you guys last week I, I was expecting fireworks of how bad it was, right? And 
in, in, in some way, I got more than I bargained for in some way. So let me, let me just go, let me just go through, like, how I felt, like, during, as I was listening, because it was just, it, it was just, it, it was, it was better than I could have ever expected, because I expected a complete train wreck from, like, from jump, right? I, I was like, everything's going to be trash except, except show me what you got. So in, in that case, it actually rose above my expectations in some way. Um, you know, like like similar to you, you know, the first um, first five first five tracks are real uh, okay. Showing what you got isn't top five J song for me. Um, I did not mind last one. Did my not Chris and Michelle feature, um, and then you get to do on a ride, right? And it's like, mm, and and that's when I that's when I was like, okay, is this is this is this it? Is this is this the is this the is this the the top of the roller coaster where we're just gonna oh, go yeah. downhill? Right. Um, <laughs> 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 so so I've listened to it. I'm just like, mm, don't don't know how I feel. Mm, okay, here we go. Here we go. And um, I don't I don't know, man. I I I I can understand the lyrical content of thirty something, right? I can understand it, but like the overall vibe of it, I actually didn't mind. And the same with I made it. Like it's, they're very they're not that high quality, right? But I just felt. I don't know. I felt okay with it, listening to it just just blank blankly. I feel like I didn't really put much focus on them because uh, I was just like, "Wow, it was, this is better than Do You Want to Write?" So I'll take that as a dub. Um, and then, and then you get to editing. Oh my gosh! This stretch from anything to lights, action. <laughs> Oh, you're talking about Hollywood now. Hollywood. <laughs> ah. What a fucking train wreck of a track. Oh my gosh. It's like anything, there's Hollywood, then troll, then dig a hole. Oh my gosh. What an epic four song stretch of garbage. <laughs> I was creasing up. I was like, this is horrible, but I'm so. I'm so. Oh, it was, it was it was an entertaining time. Horrible. It's just, it's just, like like I said, I feel like this album exceeded my expectations because like you guys kept saying like most people keep saying like this is worst album. This is worst album. Worst album. Worst album. And in in some ways, I can understand where you come from with that. Um, you know, just objectively, I can understand where you're coming from. Um, but you know, to be fair, I there's at least one, two, three, four, five six seven out of the 14 tracks like this half half the album i don't mind so i'll take that i will honestly take that um actually more than that minority report is not bad i don't mind that um i i i don't mind beach chair um but i don't really like chris mind on a on a on a uh, on a principal perspective but you know it's it's all right it's cool so you know with that said what's that eight eight nine tracks eight and a half Shit, man, I'll take that. I'll honestly take that. It's not, it's bad. Let's not, let's not get it twisted. It's a bad album. Uh, but, you know, I, I had some fun with it, at least. I had some genuine fun with it. So, uh, you know, I, I'll happily take that to the bank. It was It was not... It was not fatiguing. I mean, it was fatiguing in the heart, in the second half. Like, it's genuinely fatiguing. Like, that, that anything beat was so... Oh, oh it's so horrible. I was, I was struggling through that song so bad. It was just... And then Hollywood's just oh, oh my gosh, but yeah, it's it's great, it's great. <laughs> In some ways, it's great. <laughs> oh, but it's 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 more of a uh, uh, I think I think you know what I mean when I say that. But uh, yeah, objectively, it's it's not great. But uh, but you know, 
with all that said, it, it, it exceeded my expectations. So, you know, and obviously that was a very, very, very low bar. Um, but I'll take that. I'll take that win. I'll take that to the bank. Cash that shit. And so, uh, yeah, shout out to Kingdom Come, man. Absolutely. Imagine. Oh, what, what, what a record. Imagine just having a song like anything. Ooh, you so nasty. Amateur pole dancing. Come and get this cash from me. <laughs> They call me Rain Man. Oh, anyway, 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 anyway. JC. All right. So, fuck. We get to American Gangster. And so, obviously, I mean, this album is essential right now. This is a. We, Jay, Jay needed this album. Jesus, man. Like, so he just returned with his tail between his legs from. So, he retired, right? <laughs> he retired. Uh, a, a fake retirement. And he comes back with Kingdom Come, which has anything in Hollywood on it. He is savaged critically for that album. Like, compared to what Jay-Z normally gets, you know, he's he's a bit of a critical darling, but this one was really rough. So people were like, does he still have the ability to put something even remotely on par with Reasonable Doubt out? And we get American Gangstar. So i give a bit of background because this is interesting. So it's all around the movie American Gangster, which is a fucking classic movie. It is a really, really good movie. I've seen it at least 10 times. I recommend people, if you've never seen that, very entertaining, very informative, great movie. Denzel Washington uh, was the one who pressed Ridley Scott to allow, Ridley Scott was a director, to allow Jay-Z to do the soundtrack. And T.I., RZA, and Common were already cast in the movie, so there was a, there was a heavy hip-hop connection there. Jay-Z got to see the movie early, but the producer of the movie and Ridley Scott both felt that they needed to run with authentic 1970s mu- music to, to, to give that the movie that authentic feel. So Jay-Z said that he was so inspired by the movie that he wrote the album anyway, and he said that the movie really ignited his childhood memories, and importantly, the moral crossroads that he had to navigate whilst growing up where he grew up and doing the things that he did. And so this album is really, it's laced and layered with meaning and consequence. Consequence is an important part of this. It's a genuine story. And Idris Elba delivered like an epic monologue over this menacing Chris Flame beat to open it up. And I think then that gives way to what I personally think is Jay-Z's second best intro behind Dynasty, which is Prey. Because the way that the beat rises with his emotions and his vocal tone is insane it's like he's screaming at times here but he's just not he's still talking it's just he throws everything into this and the whole song is just this tortured push and pull between his conscience dealing with the rights and wrongs of the choices that he feels he has to make like he feels his path is preordained for the reasons he says in the song but then he's it's a mess man it's a mess you could see the the quagmire of shit he has to walk through in his brain to get to the right answer and to feel comfortable with the things he's done. And um, then it gives way to American Dreamer, which is really beautiful. And I think we should talk about the production on this at this point because Diddy and Co, I mean, it's always Diddy and Co, it's not just Diddy. They lace this album, man. They have six production credits and these 70s soul samples are very, very smooth. The way that Diddy like puts that shine and gloss on them, it makes for a very smooth and slick listen, which if you watch the movie is very smooth and slick. You know, it is gritty. It is hard-edged. But yeah, I mean, Frank Lucas is a very, you know, very uh, debonair man. Like he's a very slick man. So 
Jay-Z, I feel, always sounds really good on sparse beats because I think his flow can go in any direction. And I really like it when he lets loose with a bit of vocal dexterity, which he does on this whole album. And the album reads alongside the movie. Uh, I think as we see Jay moving through his career as a hustler, he gets his start on American Dreamin'. He expands to new markets on Hello Brooklyn. Uh, He begins to develop and embody his new persona on No Hook. And he really revels in the success and limitlessness of this life on Rock Boys and Party Life. But then he also acknowledges that all that success comes with really heavy consequences. And I think that comes out on tracks like Sweet. I know like on Sweet, he goes, Sweet, still there's pain. And then it's like goes into that whole thing. Uh, I know, which looks at just the, I guess, the the damage that he does by selling drugs and the, the actual individuals, which are rarely spoken about in this kind of stuff. Like it's always, it's more about the personal consequences, but he really dives into the consequence of uh, the drugs on these individual people that are being sold to. Success, that's a tough song. You know, that's a, that's a hard song, ignorant shit. And ultimately, then he gets his downfall. Uh, which is just, you know, Vendetta's Criminal Cases on Fallen. I think Blue Magic is easily his most lyrical single ever. I think the agility he has vocally to pull off that beat is just fucking bonkers, man. I, I don't know anyone who, a mainstream rapper, who could have done that beat justice the way Jay-Z did. Because there's just, I don't know, man. I don't know anyone who could have done what he did on that beat. The pockets he finds and the way he weaves in and out of the spaces that Pharrell left on there is, I know I'm bigging it up, but that that song still stands up. 13 years I've been listening to it back to back to back to back to back, and it still hits me. Um, and I just think, I don't think American Gangster is a classic. I, it's not a classic to me, but I think if you look at the context of it, um, I wouldn't be mad at people saying it's a classic. You know, I wouldn't be mad at people saying it's his fourth best album, I think. Great album, man. Back Against the Wall came out with this shit. Great stuff. Yeah, I actually, um, there's, there's an interesting, um, <clears throat> that it's for me personally, I didn't really know, like, what the, uh, what the overall mood towards this album was. Like, I knew it wasn't his best, but I knew it wasn't his worst. So it was obviously, like, in the middle for most people. So I went into it very, Probably with the most blank of slates compared to the rest. I feel like I had no really, apart from the movie, obviously, which people love um, and I rate uh, highly. Denzel slurps in that film. Um, Fuck. Like, like, yeah, I, I didn't really have anything else to go on. I was just like, oh yeah, it's working access. It's kind of based on the film, but not based on the film. Um, so yeah, I just, I just jumped into it to be honest. And I was like, and I was like, fuck it. Um, and yeah, I actually um I really like this album. It's not it's not bad. Um I feel like uh I th- I think I said to you, I think I think um yeah, I said like uh it, it kind of gives me reasonable doubt part two vibes because obviously there's this um, you know, clear concept of uh, an American gangster and like there's there's plenty of um there's plenty of talk towards that kind of stuff, various mentions of Frank Lucas and stuff like that. Like it's very there's a, there's a clear goal here. There's a clear mission to um, what he's trying to do here, which I think is uh, well very rare. I think um, to, for for someone like for someone like Jay to have like a you know a clear <clears throat> a clear as a 
a clearest concept as such as this. Um, I, f I feel probably it's his clearest concept actually um, compared to the rest. Um, yeah. With that said, I feel like uh, uh, there, there's some there's some there's some there's some stuff in here where I feel like uh, even we. <laughs> It's actually actually very surprising. Was, There's was plenty of tracks in here, like uh, uh, some like Rock Boys, where I was listening to it and I feel like I shouldn't like it, but I really do like it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like there was a there was a there was a a, a pleasant surprise with a lot of these tracks. Um, Prey is a banger. Like I think out of the out of, out of tracks I haven't heard or haven't heard before um, from Jay, I feel like uh, Prey is just an absolute fucking heat i feel like the 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 when 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 he just ends the ends the ends the bar and the thing just got and the sample just goes pray that just hits that just hits su su super nice uh i really love that track that's a real good one uh i feel like uh i'm trying to i'm trying to go back and think of like the tracks i, I was like kind of hesitant on um success is really good with nas on that i feel and 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 uh, you know just just a just gonna say Nas did really good on that one. I won't say much else. Um but yeah, I feel like uh, Blue Magic. Yeah, uh, Blue Magic, that's the one, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't rate that one. And it was what? interesting because obviously I was produced by the uh, I know, right? I know, Bro. but I didn't like that Neptune's beat, man. I didn't like that Neptune's beat. I didn't like it. Oh I, my I, 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 What? I, I, I wasn't this. into it. This is the greatest this is a oh my this is like saying oh, I didn't like I didn't really like Shook One's part two. I didn't like that beat. No, 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 no. I no, didn't no. like grinding. Grinding didn't knock. What? I mean, have I given this hot take before? I don't know if it was on this podcast or another one, but I feel like grinding is severely severely dated as a beat. But all right. <laughs> I swear I said that before. I must have. Um. <laughs> oh, that worked out better than I could have planned. All right, so Charlie's credibility is out. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> I didn't read the beat. Like it's, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, bro. Oh, it's, it just didn't hit me. Like I, 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 that weren't me. That weren't me. Um, and you know, I cop for that. I cop that he is fired. I, get, I get it, but I just, yeah, I, I don't know. know. I wasn't into, wasn't into it. Um, you know, Jermaine Dupri and No ID on uh, on Falling was clean. Uh, success is cool. Ignorant shit with Beanie on that. That was good. Ooh. I like that. Uh, that was that was a clean one. I feel like Sweet I Know and Party Life. I feel like there was a. I forget which one of those. It may be sweet, or I was just not into it uh, lyrically and like uh, in terms of presentation. But uh, uh, but you know, past that, I, I really don't have any m much qualms with the album. To be honest, I feel like from front to back as a whole, listen, I think it was relatively uh, probably one of his tightest albums so far um, in the timeline we're at right now. And uh, yeah, so um, yeah, it's it's a def it's it's a definite upgrade from Kingdom Come. Let's just say that from from going from like a year from that to this. Um, is a highly impressive turnaround. I feel I, I feel like that should be that should be praised. Um, you know, going from just going from that to that, I feel like that's very that's a very good turnaround. So uh, you know, high ratings for that. Um, and yeah, man, American Gangster is a solid album. I feel like uh, you know, I, I, I've kind I kind of agree with you on the on the classic. Like you, you can say it if you like. Not for me personally, but I can see I can see the argument being made for for that kind of thing. So uh, yeah, man, solid solid record. Really like it. Yeah, I think the only song I didn't like was Party Life because I think he just did not... I think he disrespected that beat. Like, I think the that beat... That may have been and, it, yeah. But he's like, like sweet. ordered some Patrizzi while talking to this breezy, brushing off my three-piece. I make this look too easy. And then at the end, he's like, I sport fly shit, I should win an SP. And he's like, ba baby, I, I said, 
I sport fly shit. I should win the ESPY. I'm really in another league. And I'm like... Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, fell yeah, a bit. It just yeah. fell a bit flat to me. Like he says, yeah, I'm yeah. on her bra mm-hmm. strap. She's on my dick. Like, oh. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, okay, you brought it back to me. Yeah, that's Ain't the song. Nothing that's the song. wrong with that. That's he doesn't say bitch. like that. He doesn't say like that. He, 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 he goes, my dick. It's, it's really weird. That's the way he says dick. On my dick. Very weird. Very <laughs> it weird. freaked me the fuck out. I was like, ooh, what? I had to rewind that. I was like, ooh. What was that? What did he say like that? That's really crazy. Nasty. nasty. <laughs> the only song I couldn't get around. Never yeah. say it like that. On my dick. Yeah. On my dick. What? On my dick. Why did you elongate the like, eye like he, and dick? <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like he it's like he backed off from the mic as well. It's like on my dick. <laughs> Very weird. Very weird. Yuck. 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 All right. Well, we'll move on to Blueprint Three. Uh, yeah. So Jay Z said. I think it was around this album, or it might have been just after this album, but he was referring to this album when someone asked him about it, and he said that his career is like a Rubik's Cube. He said every time he makes a new album, he tries to line up all the, the colors on one side, and he fucks up one of the other sides. And so I don't... Yeah, you know, take that with a grain of salt. I don't think that's the case. I don't think albums work like that. I don't think you can retrospectively look at an album and say, you know, like... I think what his point was mainly that American Gangster was so good that everyone shit on Kingdom Come. I don't think that's the case because when Kingdom Come came out, I remember people being pretty critical and saying, you know, this is just not top tier quality. So I think that was his point, but I don't think it holds up very well. Uh, Blueprint 3 was Jay's first album on Rock Nation and it was the first album to have a number one song. It is, you know, easily his most commercially viable album in terms of singles because... They dropped six singles off the album, which is the most he's ever dropped. Uh, Run This Town went number two, then Empire State of Mind went number one. And Jay-Z said in an interview, on this album, he wanted to chart new territory in rap to go somewhere that hadn't been gone before. He said a few times that his desire with this album was to make a world album, like to showcase how diverse hip-hop could be and incorporate numerous different sounds from around the world into one piece of hip-hop music. And his plan was to get producers from all different walks of life to create this world music album. A lot of the time, Jay-Z has these big concepts for these albums, and they just don't happen. I think American Gangster was the one where he wanted to have a video for every song. It's kind of like 50 Cent with the, did with The Massacre. Didn't happen. Didn't even come close to happening. So I found that, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe he has these ideas and he expresses them afterwards and says, oh, yeah, we, we thought we were going to do this rather than, yeah, I don't know. It's just very interesting. But, um, yeah, I mean, we, it didn't happen with the one the the world producers. It was Kanye, No ID, Swizzy. Uh, Kanye has seven beats on here, which I think is the most apart from Watch the Throne that he has on a Jay-Z album. And I genuinely think that Jay-Z set out to make a commercial smash, uh, not on the not on the album sales side, but certainly on the single side, because, you know, Empire State of Mind, for example, came ready-made uh, from Angela Hunt, and I always, I always mispronounce this name, and I really apologize, Janet Sewell Olepic. I really apologize if I've mispronounced that name, but they created the song. And yeah, they sent it into Jay-Z and Rock Nation and they originally rejected it, but then they resubmitted it like 30 days later. And he said, yeah, sure, man, this is a great song. Chuck Alicia Keys on the hook. It's a classic. 
Uh, Run This Town is a blatant grab at chart success, I think. Throwing Kanye and Rihanna together. Forever Young is a shameless attempt. Really shameless. Repurposing that song. Um... And I think, like Jay-Z said of this album in an interview, he said, it shows that a guy who isn't 16 years old can make relevant music. And that's a big thing in rap because it used to be that when guys got to be 30 years old, that was it because they had to try and rap like they were 18. For me to put out my 11th studio album and have it connect the way it still has, I know it's not Reasonable Doubt. It's not the Black Album either. It's the Blueprint 3. It's its own album and it has connected with a lot of people. And... Yeah, man, I think he showed in giving Kanye seven slots. Like, Kanye had already produced Jay's highest charting single to date two times prior because Izzo went number eight. That was Jay's highest at the time. 03 Bonnie and Clyde, I think, went number four. That was Jay's highest at the time. He was trying to hit singles, man. So, yeah, we get some bad tracks on here. Uh, some bad tracks. Hate, as I've, you know, I've, I've quoted hate a few times on this podcast the lyrics on here man he's like my hustle so rustle i stretch work yoga you know i got it down dog like it's clunky man the punchlines are mad clunky on here uh some of the beats are really not great like reminder like i don't know what timbaland was doing with reminder it sounded like he threw a dumbbell at a plate glass window and then just made a beat with all the shattered pieces it cuts you it cuts your ears, that beat. I don't... It's awful. Thank You is like Just Blaze on Xanax. It is so sleepy. The dur, dur, Like these horns that have been clonked over the head with bricks. It's very slow. But there's a lot of solidity in these songs. Like the intro is very urgent and insistent. And it's Jay-Z acknowledging his age and his insecurity around it. But also asking for acknowledgement for his experience and his achievements. Uh, I think A Star Is Born is like that classic low-key Jay-Z brag where on the low, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm great. Because he rattles off a laundry list of artists. Think about this. 27 artists or groups on that song. And at the time the album dropped, you could really only say that five or six of them were still anywhere near their initial commercial peak. Jay-Z had just gone number one with Empire State of Mind. So the message was like, you know, I'm at the pinnacle and I'm still here. And, you know, all these other legends have fallen off over the years, but I'm still here. That's what I got from the song anyway. That may not have been his intent. Um, but giving, like, for example, giving Drake a hook but not a verse on Off That, that's, you know, I, I that was weird. That was low-key harsh to me. Uh, so, yeah, man, I, I know Charlie's going to have some opinions on this album, but I quite, I love it still. I really love it still. Um, if you, if, I think not thinking of it as an album experience and thinking of it as just Jay-Z once said that he didn't he he recognizes that people don't go back to this album a lot because if you're trying to get into a vibe and you're trying to listen to an album front to back you don't want these massive pop singles smashing you in the face like he's like you're yelling at me while I'm trying to chill so he understands fully what he did on this album what he attempted to do and I think he charted new land, like at the age of 40 or whatever he was when this dropped. Yeah, he would have been 40, he was 09. So he's going number one. The longest wait ever, I think it was 12 years, before, 14 years before from his first single to his first number one as a lead artist. That's the longest wait ever in hip hop. He did things that no one else has done before and uh, I thought that was pretty epic. 
So I have an interesting um, relationship with the uh, with the year two thousand nine because uh, we're we're talking we're talking off wax and Ben gave me some like songs that were chiding at that point uh, that, uh, that year and I was just like wow that's boom, when boom, I was boom, really boom 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 <laughs> gotta get that <laughs> gotta get that just lyrical masterpieces. <laughs> Don't make me don't make me sing ringling, bro. <laughs> <laughs> don't no, make me sing ringling. No, no. Yeah, don't make me bring that out again. Oh, Alright? Let's not let's not do this. Let's not do this. Um that was like the year where like I remember going to school, like putting on KISS. Um shout out to KISS one hundred. Well, formerly one hundred, now it's WC Digital. Um and uh yeah, that's all that's all that was playing. It was just like it was Senpai State of Mind that was running this town. Um, on to the next one was on an NBA 2K soundtrack, so I heard that plenty of times. Um, and yeah, and obviously stuff like Just Dance and uh, and Boo Boo Pow, um, as I mentioned, like it was just everywhere. Um, <laughs> I didn't know about the uh, the world music <laughs> thing, which kind of makes the album artwork a bit more. It makes more sense um, by the album artwork. It just, it just it seems like it's supposed to be an amalgamation of things, but obviously, uh, uh, it really didn't happen that way. Uh, I felt like the most uh, out there person he got was um, Drake, and he's from Toronto, <laughs> from Canada. So, and I guess Mr. Hudson, I guess. But like, yes, yeah, it's, it's not exactly a uh, stretching out uh, to reach out for the world, uh, uh, for the world music uh, category. Shout out to the Grammys. Um, but uh, yeah, I. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Like I, I said to Ben actually off wax. I said I couldn't really, I can't really make out this album. Um, but I feel like that that confusion has been brought on to the next album we'll talk about. So I feel like I have a clearer, uh, an even clearer um, look at this one. And uh, you know, it's it's that full on just. It's really full on. <laughs> It's really trying to get those uh, get those bangers. Like I feel like it's a very fifty fifty album. Like there's the, there's the popular songs and then there's just the not so popular songs and you can really just split this album in half in that way um you know i don't mind the features on here obviously this is very feature heavy um uh, which is uh kind of impressive uh compare uh, considering that this uh, i think this is most features since maybe blueprint 2 well definitely blueprint 2 has had a lot of features um yeah and obviously black elm didn't really have a many uh and yeah so you know it's the most features since then and uh i've like obviously in this case it was much more uh obviously not in house anymore uh since he had rock nation but even with that said you know still uh, you know kanye rihanna etc um i feel like hate was like a uh like a, a watch the throne prelude like it was like a, it was like a watch the throne demo track you know what i mean like here's the vibe we're going for uh, obviously, it didn't go as well as the stuff that happened that actually eventually came on to Watch the Throne. But I feel like it—it it, it just—it seems like a, a the first Watch the Throne track, like <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, and uh, obviously, they refined it over the years. But uh, yeah, that's what—that's what it comes off to me. It sucks, but it, that's what it comes off to me. It's quite interesting. Um, you know, the Drake feature, the J Cole feature. Yeah, it's all right. It's cool. Obviously, J- Drake got hook. J Cole got a really late feature in the end of that. Uh, Run this town. I do have fond memories of, um, but unfortunately, I still can't listen to it constantly because uh, I, I I can't get past of that uh, that sound of what sounds like an angry duck. 
um, everywhere. Just the wah, wah, wah. Like, just I, I, I just can't. I, I, I can't. I can't listen to that track too many times because that's all I get in my head. And it's just it's just angry duck, and I feel like I should feed some some a duck some bread. Um, Death of Auto Tune, while it is a boss track, it has nothing to do with Auto Tune, which just annoys me. Um, it's oh. like the same as a, it's the same as Hip Hop Is Dead by Nas. It's just like, okay, you did it with the hook, and then the rest of the songs just let's just let's just let's just rap. <laughs> like it's just it's, like you had a concept there, and it would have been a very interesting concept because like in two thousand and nine, like he he kind of he, he was probably really he was too he was too early with this actually he was too early with this uh with this concept track, um considering where obviously your tune has gone in the past few in the past decade. Um, and clearly he didn't put it to sleep, um, and, uh, you know, that's a shame, but anyway, um, yeah, the rest of it, I'm just like, I'm, I'm kind of just like lukewarm on, I guess, it's like, it's, it's cool, like, it's not, it's not horrible listen, it's not Kingdom Come Bad, but, like, it's, um, you know, some, it's, it's alright, on to the next one's a banger, Real as a Guess is not bad, with Jeezy, got it right, there you go, um, <laughs> Venus versus Mars, yeah, yeah, not really here for it, uh, the last three tracks, yeah, sorry, that's cool, but I don't really have any, like, hard feelings towards them, um, I didn't really like what we're talking about, that's the first track, not into that, um, but yeah, I feel like, I feel like the, the popular songs are the best songs, which I don't feel like is the best thing for an album, uh, you got, you, you know, if you want an album to be good, you gotta have them deep cuts, and I feel like the deep cuts on here don't really, they kind of middle, like they don't, they don't, they don't offend me, uh, but they don't exactly blow my mind away either. Um, I feel like the only uh, redeeming factor of them are the features themselves that just make it a little bit different. So like the Cuddy on Already Home was really nice. Didn't mind that. Um, you know, after mentioned J Cole um, on that was cool. Swiss Beats obviously on on the next one. Jeezy as well. Alicia Keys of course. Like you know. They just redeem the songs, to be honest. Um, I feel like if it was just Jay on all of those tracks, it would just be horrible. But, um, you know, it's, 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 it's an interesting album. I feel like in hindsight, um, I feel, it's weird. I feel I, I don't really, I don't know if I had really a, a, a str- any strong feelings towards it at, at the time, even though I knew a lot of the songs at, the, at that time. Um, but, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a real interesting flashpoint. I think I, f- I think it's a real interesting flashpoint between something like American Gangster and the next album we're getting get into. Um, I feel like this is an interesting flashpoint uh, to 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 Jay Z's career, and I, I kind of find that it's a it's a it's an interesting album, and I feel like it needs more breakdown, I guess, in some in some ways. But any anyway, that's that's not a shot to you, but it's just it's just it's just how I'm feeling to it. I'm just like it's it's, it's cool. Yeah, you know I mean, that's it. It's, it's, it's an interesting one, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there is there is a deep ball we could go on that, but um, we've sure. only got a certain amount of time. All right, so Magna Carta, Holy Grail, which is Jay Z's worst album that he has released, worst solo album. Oh, thank uh, you. I mean, bro, it starts off with Holy Grail, which is just a horrendous Justin Timberlake hook. It is horrendous, and people online was when i said this is a bad song they're like no nah, this is a great song what are you talking about it's like he starts with blue told me remind you fuck 
like it's just I can't say the 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 lyrics because I can't. I'm sure. not going to say the N word, but like it's just it's so <laughs> clunky. It's so, uh, bro. It's. I mean, the beats on this album are really good, man. Like, actually, Kanye wanted Holy Grail on Wash the Throne. Thank God that did not happen, man. Because imagine opening with Holy Grail instead of No Church in the Wild. Because I, I remember when this album dropped, and it felt very weird, because on every beat on here is a fucking slap. Every beat on here is a slap. I don't think there's a bad beat on here. And I wanted to mm. love it so badly. But Jay-Z's vocals are just so odd. His flow very, very rarely impresses. He whispers a lot. Like he has this whispering kind of I don't I don't know what he's doing. His voice sounds really stretched at times. <laughs> it's not like he was rushing like on Kingdom Come. He had four years to record this album. And this album is when betting it all and throwing all your chips in doesn't work out because, you know, Jay-Z did so much. He did a lot for this album. He inked that deal with Samsung to sell a million copies before the album even dropped. Uh, he forced the RIAA to change their rules with that. So originally, albums had to be out for 30 days before they could be certified gold or, or above. Uh, Magna Carta was platinum the day it dropped, and now albums, Cardi B's, I think Invasion of Privacy went platinum the day it dropped. Um, I think Views went platinum the day it dropped. So he changed the rules with that. Uh, there was so much just what I would consider pretension around this album. Like shorts of Jay-Z and Rick Rubin in the studio creating together. Even though Rick Rubin doesn't have a single writing credit on this album, right? So there was all this rhetoric around, oh, look at these two creative geniuses. And Rick Rubin isn't even on the album. Then Jay-Z was like dropping all these lyrical snippets every day. The the crazy cover art. Like I love the cover art, don't get me wrong. But like it's, it's too big for the album, man. And... um. There was a there was even a stadium tour with Justin Timberlake and Jay Z called Legends of Summer. Uh, the album is just ultra mid. You know, it's Jay Z's lowest reviewed solo album with a sixty, which is low. And the whole thing is just it's weighed down by these clunky, ill advised bars just about opulence. So the thing about Jay Z is, in my view, uh, he's always been confident and he's always oozed that opulence. We even spoke about it way the fuck back when we were talking about the 95 freestyle with Big L and how Jay-Z swaggered mm-hmm. up onto Stretch and Bobito and full platinum and they were just like, who is this guy? Like, he's so confident, right? But it always felt like he was connected to the audience through the arc of how he achieved that opulence. So I started from poverty and now I'm here and I'm going to tell you the whole story of how I got there. On Magna Carta, Holy Grail, it was like, I'm rich, I'm famous, and I'm married to the most incredible woman in the world. It's like a flat arc. It's the flat arc, you know? (laughs) Uh, It is. It is. We spoke about on the Chance episode. I spoke about earlier here. It's a snapshot with no context or history. And normally it's, I have all these things and here's how I did it. This time it's just like, I have all these things. And it makes Jay's missteps much less forgivable. You know, like when he's like, somewhere in America, Miley Cyrus is still twerking. Or throwing MC Hammer under the bus again. Or rapping about Foxy Brown's box at aged 44. Like, it it just ages badly. It sounds bad. It, it You know... It's mid, man. Like, there's still some decent songs on here. Uh, Nickels and Dimes is a top 10 Hove song, I think. 
very introspective, very existential and low-key. I think that was Gonja Sufi, the the um, sample there. Crown is a great song. Oceans is a really great song. The Frank Ocean feature is incredible. Uh, lyrically, he's in top form, uh, Jay-Z. But yeah, man, super mid. Like we, we were expecting to Jay-Z to grow up and mature, to level up. But I felt like he really stepped backwards. And I think the flat arc thing is very applicable here. There's just nothing. There's nothing really to... Okay, you're rich. Great. Good for you. But what? what is it? What's in it for us? Like, we don't know. I don't know. <laughs> oh, this, this is so, this is so, this made me so happy for you to say all that, honestly, because I was just like, I was listening to it today and I was just absolutely offended by just how, like, middling it is. Like, it, it, it just annoyed the shit out of me listening to this fully. I was just like, what the? fuck is going on i was so i was getting actually really annoyed about it i was just like fucking hell this guy is just talking like just anything just nothing like it's just it's just it's just yeah let's just let's just talk about stuff that's happened like, like I've, I've just ha- i have like he basically just lists shit off like it, it, it's ugh. i don't know um i disagree about holy grail i actually don't mind the justin timberlake performance i actually don't mind it like um uh, it, it actually comes. I, I think it actually comes off pretty well. Like considering that the that the pianos come in like before the beat comes in, like his voice just deepens just a little bit. I didn't mind the performance. I didn't mind the performance. Um, Jay's performance, on the other hand, no. Uh, what, what was the what was the lyric? Oh yeah, Blue told me to remind you niggas. Ah, uh, fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking Bro, about Blue would have been one year old like, Blue would have been less than one when he wrote this song yeah, come on man yeah, Blue didn't tell whack. you anything <laughs> Blue didn't not even say that. this not even that it's just whack like it's just Bright Slice is, Bright Slice is enticing bar. but look what it did look what it did to Tyson yeah but well, why, you, why in the fourth bar are you going at MC Hammer yet again? Why? There's no point to this. There's no reason. MC Hammer's a legend. Stop throwing him on the bus, man. Far out. Just yeah, the, people, people, oh. uh, people diss MC Hammer way too much. I feel like there's... He's, I feel a, like, he's a legend. Yeah, I, feel, I feel like MC Hammer gets way too much disrespect. I don't know. I, I know why, but you shouldn't really. Um, and yeah, I just, I just, it just comes across like everywhere, like... Uh, Picasso Baby's I uh, yeah. but, like, Tom is... Ford hate hate Tom Ford hate that performance hate that flow hate everything about it um, fuck me you know I got it annoying ass fucking title wait 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 does that mean well, that you you prefer Molly than Tom Ford or shut up bro <laughs> I hate when you pause me for fucking dumb shit. Like, so what happened during the something happened during the week where I was going off and you were just like you were you were just gas. He got Charlie gassed me up, guys. He gassed me up too much. He was like, I love it when yeah. you do this. Your dry humor, blah blah blah. And then it the next funny. day I tried something and he just gave me crickets in response. It was just like he's like, I see what you're trying to do there. No, and then yeah. <laughs> He knew, he knew he'd given me too much confidence. And now yeah. for the he next six woke, pods. He woke, he woke up peppy. He oh, woke yeah. up peppy. I man. had that he spice. Oh, I was spicy. Oh. I was, I was feeling myself. He woke up springy. 
<laughs> I was feeling myself and Charlie. So the next six pods, every joke I make is not going to land well. It's going to go poorly. But I'm going to keep persisting. But anyway, continue onwards. Uh, you, you have your moments. You have your moments. But you know, I got to keep it 100. Like you, the bro. I got to keep, keep 100. I can't. I can't guess you, bro. Like this, that's why no. I have to Kevin Hart. Too many people guessed Ooh. him, and now yeah. he's on a pedestal that is just un. He can't. Yeah, you can't no. get him off it. You can't get him get off it. It's impossible. No. Um, and then in a couple of, in a couple of months, guys, we're gonna see Ben on Clubhouse just chatting bollocks, <laughs> talking over women. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh, shout, shout to the women on Clubhouse, respect. Um, yeah, Ocean's okay. Don't mind the Frank Ocean feature. Um, and then just the rest of that, like F U T W somewhere oh. in America, Crown Heaven uh. versus. Heaven, skips yeah. honestly, like I didn't skip them, but I'm just saying I, I would probably skip if I ever for some reason wanted to listen to this again um put on the runs okay like i guess as a jay-z Beyonce song it's not it's too bad good. um yes yeah, right beaches better bbc <sighs> bbc oof, right oof comes off as oof. Comes, look at this look at the uh, feature for some list. reason yeah yeah what it, it's so weird there? what happened? it's so weird it, 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 it's such a weird track like i i <laughs> i was listening to it and i was like oh Oh, there's other people on here, um, and I forgot there were other people on there um, because for some reason it doesn't say there's people on there in the feature. Um, but you know, you got uh, you got Nas, Jay on that one, uh, and, that's, and that's technically it. But like, yeah, it's just weird. It, I, f- I feel like um, I don't know, man. It, it just it just doesn't fly with me. I don't know why. But listen, but this is the whole point. This is the whole problem with this album. Like, listen to Nas's. Bally shoes, Jay-Z Gucci Blue. sneakers, Pharrell's a pharaoh. Peep the features, unlaced Adidas. Like that. That's that's like quite poetic. Jay Z's verses. What you know about Whack. going out? Head west. Maybach. Three TVs all up in the headrest. Mace people at Madison Square Garden. Twenty million sold, and we're still catching charges. Like it's just Nas is poetic about it. Jay Z's just yeah. like, yeah, we're super rich, man. We're we're so uh, rich. yeah yeah. It literally, literally, it's just like, hey, hey, guys. Do you know I'm rich? <laughs> Versace like, plates got the Basquiat. Come on, man! Collab from Versace. It, oh, damn. Jay Z Blue. The whole this whole thing. You can say this about the whole album, but like this comes. Jay Z Blue comes off so like pretentious. Like it's just like it, obviously it's about his daughter, right? But it, like let's do this for the bait for these babies. Then Mercedes truck fuck ho- fuck houses and on acres blatantly balling on HD. You'll need to step up your AV. Like bro, like, you started this? off with the babies and then like you just went off. Like it's just what is AV? Cue anyway? that Stevie Wonder. Uh, um, um, hang on. Uh, I forget. I forget there. It's it's something about sound, audio visual. That's audio visual. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is worst. Like this is worse than Kingdom Come simply because I feel like Kingdom Come at least there's some redeeming factors towards that album. Like this one has no redeeming factors at all. It's just like. Oh, it's like un- it's like it's watch the throne level opulence but with none of the critical eye like that's literally yeah. what it is it's just it's just and, and it's what you said it's the flat arc it's it's there's no there's no there's no up and down there's no roller coaster here there's no like introspection it's just like <sighs> it just sucks i i i, I, really, <laughs> I this album actually offends me in, in parts. I was just like, I can't believe you, you, I'm listening to this. It's just, it's just annoying. Um, so yeah, I, I, 
I don't know, bro. And 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 I have to say, just to keep up with the with the running jokes that we have throughout the show, that Rick Ross feature though. <laughs> I just landed in Europe, nigga. Shopping bags. I'm a tourist. <laughs> just so. Just so on brand for Rick Ross. Oh, so shit. <laughs> so shit. Just so on brand. Can we, can but you know what? Full, full, full. Bro, no, no, no. This is the point of Rick Ross, right? Because this is he's oh. always a flat arc, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. what Rick that's Ross why is. I don't it's like just, it. just yeah. flat arc. I don't bop this, what, do this the may well have been a Rick Ross for album. Like, it may well have been. That's interesting. I never thought of it like that. Rick Ross's whole career is Magna Carta Holy Grail. It's just flat Facts. arc. Big fucking facts. Yep, yep, yep. Big fucking facts. All right. Well, we figured Literally that out. Literally that. <laughs> Shit. Well, Magna Carta taught us something. Oh, today. my gosh. Magna Carta Rick Ross. All right. Well, we get on to 444. So, um, obviously, the time off, the four years, was entirely necessary as we, we just, you know, at no, and, and I felt like at no point in that four years did it feel like Jay Z was ready to come back with something new. Because we got a bunch of Khaled tracks, like They Don't Love You No More, I Got The Keys, and Shine. None of the, none of those Ugh. hit. I Got The Keys pretty good. Like, I don't no, hate no, no, that no, song. No, 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 it sucks, it sucks, it sucks. I got the keys, the keys, the keys, I got the keys, on, the keys, that's the keys. Annoying. That's an I annoying fucking hook. Oh, no, that's, that's Maybach. I took the top off of my Maybach. Yeah, I took the top. Oh, my gosh, man. So, anyway, I took a top of the Maybach. I took a double to me back. I actually like that song. <laughs> but anyway, we've got Drug Dealers Anonymous as well, which I think Jay-Z slayed. But again, it's yeah, not 444 level maturity or written testimony level maturity. So Jay-Z approached No ID, who initially said no about doing this album uh, because he said he had a lack of inspiration and he knew how essential this album would be to Jay-Z. He said he didn't want to come in unless he was at his own peak. And he said a quote from Quincy Jones inspired him. He said... Quincy said music today is just four bar loops and no ID wanted to evolve past that. And if you listen to story of OJ, Jay-Z was at pains to explain this in the Rap Radar interview. There's no four bar loop on that. He actually, he said he chopped the sample up and played it like an NPC, like he actually played the sample, uh, which I find fascinating. The, the dexterity of that beat is crazy. So no ID eventually got back to Jay-Z and said he had blueprint level material to which Jay-Z replied, that's a really big, statement so jay said he gave no idea a mix cd with a bunch of music that was inspiring him at the time and no idea went to work just chopping and elongating and creating these masterpieces and they created this album together so jay-z has production credit on i think six of the tracks or something around that six of the 10 tracks on the original uh and maybe more on the deluxe and yeah, no idea would just drop by Jay Z's house and they'd just chat about ideas and chat about life and love. And, you know, no idea said it was basically an intellectual jam session and they would just figure out the direction of the album. And no idea didn't want to take credit for pushing Jay into such, the, such personal spaces, but he did encourage him to be much more open on this album by appealing to his sense of purpose. He said, you know, people have to hear this. They, you, What you're saying to me is important and affecting. People should be able to hear this. So Jay-Z said that the recording process for this album was very intense emotionally. And after recording songs, he'd just be sitting in the studio with friends and, you know, legends. Like I think he said Will Smith was in there at one point. 
Uh, but also just Jay-Z's inner circle and they just discuss life. You know, they would just sit around and he said he learned things about his closest friends that he never knew or would never be able to guess. And so the album is insane. The album is amazing. No, I don't think anyone has done this before in hip-hop in the mainstream. I think the level of self-awareness and maturity on it is pretty immense. Uh, you know, this is f- just four years after Magna Carta Holy Grail, and it's not just the maturity on this album. I wrote a whole article on the level of detail his lyricism had. There were 26 separate bars on this 10-track album that I found deep cut callbacks on like he actually was you know just random shit like he actually referenced the sunshine video on one of his bars you know like the fish-eyed lands and everything and you know the it's just the the thing that i struggled with on this album was the emotional messaging because i don't fuck with some of this you know i but i do respect it So I want to make that point really clear because I think it's a very human album, this. I think it's a very contradictory album or it's a very like admitting our flaws and I think you're going to engage with it in different ways depending on your own value systems. So I respect that Jay-Z took a really good, long, hard look at himself and identified parts that he wanted to burn off of his persona. And I went to a lecture once by this uh, psychologist who spoke of an individual who suffers a trauma after the age of 40 that shatters their self-image because the trauma causes so much pain that it sparks them to burn off that entire part of their persona and reconstruct it and it's very painful and obviously the older you get the more you're going to have to burn off because the more entrenched these behaviors come so i commend jay-z for doing that but i really don't want to hear songs personally about how you cheated on your wife And then you couldn't turn up to Kanye's wedding, who was your friend, because you had cheated. It's almost like he's like, well, why would I turn up to your wedding? I was at home trying to fix my marriage. As a friend, personally, and other people may have a different response to this, I'm like, no, no, that's not my fault. Like, this is my wedding. This is the most important day of my life. You're not going to come because you, you know, were, because of infidelity. Like, I don't think, I don't think I would accept that. Uh, so yeah, I found, you know, I do respect Jay-Z immensely for putting the time in, uh, to, I guess, growing and learning and progressing and to deliver us these stories. And I think that's the whole point of what No ID said, you know, I've had some really deep conversations with people about this album. Like I was listening to story of OJ with a friend and we ended up talking for four hours about the N word and about the history around it. And, you know, why, uh, rappers rap it on song if they don't want white people to say it, like, that person was coming from, you know, a pretty uninformed place and listening to that song confused them. And that was the lead single. You know, that was a point I made to Charlie during the week. It's like for Jay-Z to be able to do this and go number one, to like put out an album like this and still go number one, he didn't pander to anyone on this album. There's no pandering. Even me, a Jay-Z stan, I struggled with the album. So like, you know, he was not pandering to anyone at all. I struggled with the whole infidelity angle. And so I really respect No ID for saying to Jay-Z, I know this is painful. I know you don't want to reveal this stuff, but people need to hear this because it's important and it's going to change perspectives and it's going to make people really think about their own actions in their own life. And I think that's what happened. And I think this album will be a classic for sure, guaranteed. Like, I don't think it's even a question. I don't think it is yet. But I think in 10 years' time, people will look back on it and be like, Jesus, man, that was a 
that was intense. That was an undertaking and you really did something different there. Um, and I don't want to hear these comparisons to life is good. I've listened to life is good a million times. It's not the same thing. <laughs> um, it's just not the same. Just go and it's not the same. I'm sorry, guys. I, I don't have time to go through that, but it's not the same. Um, this is a different, it's a different whole, whole different energy on this album. Yeah. Um, I mean, I will say that, um, out of those two albums, Daughters is the best track, but that's just me. Oh, Daughters, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Daughters, Daughters is... is a, it's it's oh. a little bit toxic. Daughters is a little bit problematic, but at the same time, sure. I do understand. But Daughters is a... And Cherry Wine, I would say Cherry Wine is probably, yeah, you sure. know, pretty up there. Uh, yeah, Marcy sure. Mee's pretty pretty in that top, though. So, yeah, sure, anyway, sure. anyway, yeah. But no, I, I, I hear you, you, you make, on that. You Daughters make, is a great You can make the argument. I just wanted to throw that out there as a hot take. Um, but yeah... Um, I remember um, when this dropped, and I didn't listen to it like <laughs> for a while because it was on title, and I couldn't be asked to get title. Um, so it took me a while, but uh, it was actually once um, Chris Rock dropped his uh, comedy special Tambourine. Yeah. Um, I kind That's of great. made I, I I wrote saying at that time, like a week after Tambourine drops, whenever that dropped, I listened to Four Forty Four at the same time, and. Um, I kind of came. I came away like linking both of them to like their 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 these 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 two legends of their respective games. Obviously, Chris Rock, stand-up comedian, my favorite stand-up comedian of all time. Like just absolute G, um, never missed. Um, but him talking about tambourine, him on tambourine. Chris Rock was talking about you know um his divorce. Um, him try him like knowing how old he is, but still like wanting to date Rihanna when that's just never gonna happen. Like it's uh, the fact that he has his teenage daughters trying to grow up on that, and obviously just you know generic, uh, well not generic, but like uh you know Chris Rockisms on um you know just America police. Uh, there's obviously that really great one that always comes through when there's a police shooting in a. Uh, in America, where like he talks about, uh, you know, there can't be bad apples in some jobs, and the link he makes is pilots, because yeah. imagine a <laughs> imagine a bad apple pilot. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna land in this mountain. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's always funny, uh, but yeah, I've I've I think you I think you may have said this before, and other people have said this before. Like this is the this is that Sean Carter album that that he. Well, like like you said uh, before, he was gonna make Kingdom Come his Sean Carter album, but this is actually the Sean Carter album because, like, it's not just, it's not just like uh you know conceptual uh like American Gangster or Blueprint Two. It's not just you know unnet well, not unnecessary flexing, but just a no arc flexing like Magna Carta. It's not um. It's not even. It's it's more critical than something like Watch the Throne, um, and it's not as just. And it's not like bar examining, uh, examination like something like uh, like the Black, Black Album. Album. Yeah. It's 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 its own it's its own thing. It's much more critical. It's much more um, talking about you know stuff that you know uh, like them tabloids talk about you know. Are Jay Z and Beyonce divorcing? Like it's just, like, <laughs> like he's literally responding to headlines in, uh, and not in like the not in like the rap sphere, like in the just general celebrity sphere 
um, which I don't think he has done uh, in such an explicit way, obviously. I mean, in in 444, the track itself, like the, the amount of times he just goes, apo- he says the word apologize is just um, bordering on nauseating, to be completely honest with you. <laughs> it's just like, all right, bruv, all right, you don't have to keep saying I apologize. I, I see what you mean, but it's like, all right, calm down. Um, but, you know, I get it. And uh, that song in particular just absolutely slaps. Uh, that, that sample is just, oh, oh, no ID just went fucking off on that one. When he found that, and he, I know when he looped that shit and he had that at the end is a banger um you know story of oj is a, is a real like story of oj is actually is such a good track it actually um and obviously we were talking off wax about like uh <laughs> the two j cole l's that um, he's taken in the past couple of years obviously the one of them being a uh, uh, spending an hour with a little pump for no fucking which amounted to absolutely fucking zero um which i still count as an l because i didn't really feel like he should have been he should have even been doing that who cares about a little pump just let let them do what they do let them make their own mistakes anyway so that's a bit of off tangent but i feel like um i feel like the story of oj as one song does better commentary than something like kod does as an album um like obviously KOD has all that, you know, the ATM talking about money. Obviously, the multiple meanings of KOD. Um, I feel like the story of OG does just does so much more in that in the one song. Just like you know, talking about like just dropping lessons. Like what's the what's the um, what's the what's the bar? Um, you'll think it's bougie, but I'm like it's fine. But I'm trying to give you a million dollars worth of game for nine ninety nine. Like that's. <laughs> as heaters as a heater i mean so it's it's great um and uh you know and i guess like uh in terms of the whole career of jay and i'll I'll just like you know for, for the sake of time just like move straight into that um i feel like this is like uh in some ways his best album in a lot of ways his best album um, probably not as replayable as something like Black Album or Blueprint or Reasonable Doubt, and I agree with you, it will be a classic in 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 due time as it ages, um, because because it's so um, honest. Um, but I I'll put an asterisk on that word honest, um, because if we ever uh, <laughs> If we ever talk about the, uh, I think I think we talked about it before actually. You know the NFL stuff. Yeah, yeah, we did a bit, but like, uh, there's more to that. There's more to that word. Um, it's very loaded um, when it comes to this album and how I see it. Um, but that's um, a bit too, that's a bit too in depth for the time we have at the moment. Um, but looking at it, looking at that album in particular and his whole discography, it's very interesting considering he's gone to all these lengths um, to, you know, have just the best selling album possible. Um, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a analogy that Ben gave me um, earlier in the week that really just low key blew my mind. Low key just made me malfunction a bit once I first heard it. Um, and we'll talk about it some other time, uh, but it made just complete fucking sense. And, um, but with that said, 
seeing something like 4044 and having that real introspection, like that, that real introspection throughout, not just one song, you know what I mean? He's, he's had those songs. He's had those songs and Ben can name pretty much any of them. Um, but I feel like just as a concept of this album and how it's just wrapped in this, you know, um, well, the reason why it's called 4044, like, you know what I mean? Just the fact that he woke up one time at 4.44 a.m. And, and you know the rest, like, it just comes off as like a real um, flashpoint for, and I said that already, but it comes off. It comes off as a. Uh, I'll, I'll remove that word. It comes off as a um, as a potential. Uh, I'll put it in the bigger picture. Actually, I'll put it in the bigger picture, and I'll finish on this. I, I'll put it as an album that. Um, actually comes from someone of age like most of the albums we listen to come from 20 somethings right 30 somethings and there's a lot of them that well not not, there's come in a time in hip-hop history where like a lot of the artists that we're listening to are you know 30 30 odd some of them are 40 odd and obviously someone like jay is 50 odd like we're, we're starting to get these albums such as this and i feel like this is the for one of the first albums of its kind where it's truly about like an adult who just so happens to rap right <laughs> you know what i mean like there's a lot of there's a lot of albums out there or songs where like someone talks about their daughter or talks about their son or talks about their family um but then in the same in the same song talks about going out to party and smoke weed and stuff like that it's just like eh, it, does, it doesn't compute really that much um, but this one just hits home and actually just stays where the fuck it's supposed to be. And I kind of have to give uh, props to that because he easily just could have just gone, you know, back to the flexing, back to the bar exams, let's go. But he just kind of kept it where it should have been. Um, and I feel like that should be commended because I feel like that would probably have been, that probably wouldn't have been the first thing on his mind to stay on that introspective lane. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of word salad, but I think I got to where I wanted to go without, uh, without spoiling, uh, the, re- the rest. Oh, I think it's well said. I think it's well said. Um, I didn't I do the overall thought, but <laughs> fuck it. But <laughs> right, should, I, should I do my rankings? Let me, let me do my rankings right quick, actually. So, um, are we, wait, 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 pre- wait, 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 how are we what doing are we them? Got? What, are, what, objective, subjective, what are we doing? Um, I don't really have a subjective, to, to be honest, so I'll just keep objective to be honest. Uh, well, do uh, I have subjective? I mean, I mean, that's, that's probably for you. That's more for you, in it? I feel like, um, I, I feel like I can't really, I, I feel like I haven't really, like, listened to them enough to have, like, uh, 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 much division between the two, uh, objective and subjective. So, I mean, you can decide for yourself, but I'm just going to go with what I feel, to be honest. And I guess subjective, but let's just say that. Okay. No, you go, you go. What, hit me with them. Hit me with them. Oh, right. Okay. So, all right. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go. So there's Black Album, Reasonable Doubt. I'll say like one and one A. Um, I, I, I dip between the two. It's kind of just like whichever ones I've, whichever one I've listened to recent, most recently. Um, then you have Blueprint 1, uh, then we have 444, then we have American Gangster, then we have 
volume two, then volume one, then the dynasty, then the oh, oh okay, yep. Then then the blueprint two, then the blueprint hey. three. Blueprint okay. two's up there, man. Blueprint then the blueprint two, then the blueprint three. Um, Kingdom Come vs Magna Carta. What's gonna win out here? No, I still got volume three. <laughs> Oh, that's right. You hate that. Uh, okay, yeah. Then I'll go volume three. And then, yeah, yeah Kingdom Come. Actually, you know what? No. No, I'm not going to hot take it. I'm not going to hot take it. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. I was gonna... <laughs> He's just trying to stamp that I was out. Gonna Kingdom... I was going to put Kingdom Come over volume three, but I don't hate it that much. I mean, it wasn't that fatiguing, but yeah, Kingdom Come. Oh, terrible. I thought you were going to put Kingdom Come at the bottom. I was like, just relax. No, 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 no. It's Magna Carta lasts like forever, forever and ever. But, um, I was I was I was kind of like, do I hate Volume Three that much to put Kingdom Come above it? Um, I don't. I, I don't think I do. So uh, yeah, Volume Three, then Kingdom Come, <clears throat> and then Magna Carta. Because Jesus Christ, that's offensive. But yeah, I think that's um yeah, I think I think that's kind of solid. And uh, yeah, okay. and then watch Fro- um, Watch the Thrones somewhere somewhere at the top. <laughs> we yeah, can, well, we don't need to do the duos and yeah, the, we're not, we're not, we're not. Everything is love and all this, you know. We're we're good on. Oh so, yeah. Um, I thought- I forgot about that one. That was a rough yeah. album, man. That was a poor out. I'm not going to lie. I didn't Mercifully short. That. Let's just say that. I'll say that. Mercifully short. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to do it like a mix of pretty much how I've done these three episodes. Uh, as a mix of objective and subjective. So I'm going to go Black Album number one, Reasonable Doubt number two, uh, 444 number three, uh, Blueprint number four, uh volume two number five um hmm i haven't pre-done this by the way uh volume two is number five volume one number six because i think it's very close to being good uh Mm -hmm. blueprint two next um volume three i've got volume three above dynasty okay Uh, then i'll go then I'll go American Gangster. I know that's very near the bottom, but oh. it's never resonated. I know it's never resonated with me that album, and I think I'm just not. I can I can see I'm that. Not yeah. in the target. Not in the target audience for American <laughs> Gangster. Um, then what, I'll you go. You're not an American Gangster. Yeah, ma- amazingly, uh, it's just not. You know, you're not constantly uh, then, suited and booted. Oh, okay. No, no, I'm not. Surprisingly, <laughs> uh, Kingdom Come, Blueprint Three. Magna Carta, Holy Grail. Yes, I got Kingdom Come above, above Blueprint 3 just because I think okay. be, the highs on that, like Beach Chair, Show Me What You Got, sure, that, that sure. five-track opening is just un, pretty close to unmatched Other outside yeah. of Jay's classics. Magna yeah. Carta, Holy yeah. Grail, dead last, man, dead yeah. last. So, yeah, not, not, not a bad little three-part series we just finished up with. Yeah, I think... Um I think I think the fact that we just stuck into music, obviously, um, we've left um, a lot of uh, well, obviously for you in terms of like you know stories and histrionics and stuff like that. But for me, more about just commentary about um, the overall aura of Jay Z, which we've talked about off wax and sometimes and, and a little bit, you know, on a, on bite. I think we did on a bites episode and Lionel as well. But uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that soon. Maybe maybe on a. <clears throat> maybe we'll do maybe we'll do a bites just just for that particular thing maybe um because i think we 
kind of said we were going to do it one day, but I don't, I don't know if we actually promised that or not. But yeah, I, f- I feel like it deserves some sort of conversation because especially for me personally, like listening to these albums and some of them for the first time, it really has just like, uh, it, it really just has like a set up like a, a real confusion for me on a lot, on a lot of levels. And I feel like I need to talk them out <laughs> off on wax because I feel I don't know because I don't know if you guys feel the same um, on on that front or maybe you just um, maybe you're all just uh, maybe everyone's just knows where Jay Z's at and uh, I'm just the only one that's have that's constantly had their pants pulled down about like the uh, Jay Z's artistry or just you know whatever. So I don't know. There's a conversation there. I'm kind of. Like, <laughs> I'm kind of a uh, ball in it, but yeah, there, there's some in there, but we'll we'll get to that some other day. But for now, one day, yeah. But for now, we'll end it there, and uh, you can up it to a light note if you have uh, anything to uh, uh to talk about. Uh the only thing I was gonna do this last week, but I think I just want to impress upon people the importance of just taking an L, just taking an L, <laughs> and sitting with your L, and just being like. I took an L, you know, it's not a bad thing. And yeah. what I'm seeing is, you know, this was sparked by Chance the Rapper, just not being able to take the L. He's never been able to take the L. Uh, and it's been really sad to watch the discourse around him just turn vitriolic because he refuses to accept that people didn't like the big day. You know, he seems to want to blame everyone else but himself for it. Uh, now he's blaming, I think, his manager who was suing him. Um, but it's a, it's a small part of a larger conversation where I see it constantly. I saw it again on, on hip hop Twitter the other day, and I won't go into what happened. If you know anything about it, you probably know what I'm talking about. Some people involved took the L, some people didn't. And, you know, we all fuck up, man. We all make mistakes. The quickest way to learn is to make a mistake. Now I'm not saying go out and like intentionally make mistakes, but like if you're ignorant in a place or your knowledge is lacking somewhere or you've made a mistake, the best way to move on from it and the quickest way to move on from it and the quickest way to progress is to just accept that you fucked up and move 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 on. Go, you know, learn from it and continue onwards. Like someone said to me the other day about the Obama drone strike thing and they were just like, I forget what it was. Oh no, because I tweeted this. I tweeted this on my second account and, you know, I just said like learn how to take an L. It's very important. And they said, oh, this isn't about the drone strikes again, is it? And I'm like, well, it's not, but it kind of is. Like, it's an epic L, you know? It's an epic L. And you know what I learned from that? So much. You know, I was with a friend yesterday and we were talking about this. She had no idea what these drone strikes were and I taught her about it. And we had we ended up speaking for an hour about Obama and about, you know, cancel culture and about uh, humanity and, like, uh, does one bad act erase all the good acts or you know all this all this intricate shit we had a great conversation about it and I would never have had that conversation if I hadn't have just been like yeah fucked up man so I'm not even it's not even a maturity thing it's not even a I'm better than you thing it's not even a grace thing it's just it's a practical pragmatic thing because otherwise you're just going to end up being fucking static and in stasis for the rest of your life and you're not going to go anywhere. And, you know, Charlie referenced J. Cole earlier who he did not take the L against No Name and he really should have, you know, he should have just accepted that. And you know what was weird about that is Little Pump did take the L 
Little Pump did take the L when uh, when J. Cole sat down with him and had that conversation. And that didn't work out too well for him. But, like, I'm just saying, man, like, it, it yeah, it's, it's an important part of life and it's an important part of growing up. And you're going to take so many L's in your life. You might as well get used to doing it now because you're going to fuck up a lot as you get older. So just accept it, man. <laughs> yeah, well said, well said. Um, Mine is very timely and very uh, political, but congratulations to uh, my 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 UK government um, straining so fucking hard to make a deal with the EU when we have what less than twenty days until we officially leave. You had four, count them four, and you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna you know what? I just thought about this actually. I'm I'm gonna. I'm gonna make this a positive. I'm gonna make this a positive in in a way for you guys to feel positive about yourselves, right? So, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna hook you guys up with some fucking boss way of looking about. I'm gonna give you some boss perspective right now, right? In the past four years of your life, if you have felt in any way that you have not progressed in whatever you're doing, whether it's just life in general, where you if you feel like you just have done fuck all to your to with your life just know that the uk government have been trying to leave the eu for four years and with less than 20 days left still have nothing you could have gone for a run one time (laughs) three years ago and you have done more than the entire uk government that has done in four years as it pertains to leaving to, to leaving the eu so I want I want to I want to give you guys some perspective on that, right? So if if you guys just ever feel like you ain't doing nothing, if you feel lethargic, if you feel like you've just wasted your life away for however long you feel, whether it's the past four years or the past week, just know that you are not as bad as the UK government trying to leave the EU. Okay, just just take solace, take solace that you are. You are much. You've been much more productive in the past four years in your in your life. I guarantee it, than the entire UK government. So clap yourselves up. Give yourself a pat on the back. I want you guys to go in the last the last month of this year of this absolutely bullshit year, and many other adjectives towards it. Uh, 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 some of the expletives, right? Just go into next year, just knowing. Just knowing that you will do more than the UK government has done in four years. Guarantee that. Feel good about that. Okay? Okay. Wonderful. All right. Well, shall I leave it there? I'm, I, just, I just wanted to keep it. I didn't, I didn't want to go off. You know what I mean? I, thought, I, just, I just had a ping of clarity. I was just like, you know what? There's, there's, some, there's, a, there's, a, there's a silver lining to this. Um, but, yeah, we're go, we're go, it's going down the shelf. Anyway. We shall leave it there. Ladies and gentlemen. From the fifth and podcast network. It's Big Digger Digits. Hope you've enjoyed this episode and the past three episodes, especially, obviously, since there's been a little mini series on, on Jay Z. Hope you've enjoyed it. I've been Charlie Taylor, the fifth element. I've been Ben Carter, Fifth Pop Numbers. We hope you all have a good week. We shall always try and do the same. But until the next time, take it easy. Ladies and gentlemen. Alright, peace.
Digging in the Digits is produced by me and Ven Carter. The show was edited by me. Music for the show is Pizza and Video Games by Bonus Points. Thanks to Trail Breakers for the ability to use. Socials for the fifth element, hip hop by numbers, bonus points, and chill records will be in the full show notes wherever you're listening. This has been a fifth element podcast network and hip hop by numbers collaboration. Thanks for spending the time with us. We shall see you next time on Digging in the Digits. <laughs>